Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Hello, fam. Hurley couldn't make it today, so this is your host, Kelvin Harris. I'm doing the show all by myself today. Well, not necessarily all by myself. I'm going to have a few guests to uh, help me out. And actually, my first guest uh, is an expert on our first topic, which is the Masters. And for those of you uh, who were living under a rock, this weekend, Patrick Reed not only won his first major, he also won his first tournament at the Masters. And I have no clue about anything golf. Or I'll take that back. I know about Tiger Woods. So I had to call in an expert. Uh, the young Galen Aldrich, who I found out earlier, is from Miami. He's on the Asian tour, 27-year-old. Um, Galen, how you doing? I'm doing okay today. As I'm a matter of fact, uh, family, Galen is actually golfing as he's talking to us. So he is perfecting his craft and doing an interview. I like a guy that can multitask. <laughs> well, you know, guys from Miami, you know, we, we got to do a lot of things more than once, you know. Okay. Also, uh, I brought in one of my uh, former college teammates and a co-host on our own podcast, the uh, U Podcast, uh, Ryan McNeil. And I brought him in because we're going to talk some football later on. But Ryan is also supposedly a decent golfer. In his eyes, he thinks that he can play on the uh, tour. But Galen is a real professional golfer. But I got two opinions here to offset my lack of golf knowledge. Ryan, what's going on, man? How you guys doing? <laughs> Glad uh, to be on the show. Yeah. Hey, Galen. Now, Galen, give us a little history about yourself before we get into talking about the Masters. Well, first I want to say thank you for having me on the show. You and uh, Voice America, it's a blessing to be on here with you today. Uh, my history with golf, actually my dad uh, introduced me to the game at the age of three. And uh, he was a caddy growing up in North Carolina, and he actually caddied in the uh, – 67 Masters, so we have like a little connection there. And he taught me the game, and I grew up in Liberty City, where everybody's playing basketball, football, and I, you know, I held on to the golf club. So I did, you know, I guess not the norm. And uh, I went to Miami Central High School, played golf there, got a full scholarship to play golf at Benedict College, and uh, I took took my skills over to uh, Asia, Dubai, and Africa to play the Mina Tour last year, and I'm um, just pursuing my goals with that right now. Was this your first year uh, as a professional? Uh, no, uh, I've probably been professional about seven years. And a lot of people don't know. There's a lot of uh, different tours. Everybody knows about the PGA Tour, but nobody knows about the minor leagues of golf. Like, like the MLB has uh, A1, AAA. Golf has that as well, where they have different tours in Florida, Georgia, California, where people could you know, hone their skills and get ready for that next level. Now, what's the tour right below the PGA uh, that that actually gets a lot of airtime on the golf network. Yeah, I know uh, it's web dot web dot com tour. Yeah, because it's changed names a couple of times. Yeah, it used to be uh, used to be buy dot com, Nike tour, Hogan tour, so forth, so on. When they uh, started changing sponsors throughout the years, but right now it's web dot com. Well, now let, let me ask you a question, Galen. Have you ever tried to uh, qualify for the Masters? Uh, no. Well, Masters has a, a different type of 
type of uh, process to get in. You have to be in the top 50 in the world, and uh-huh. also you have to uh, be a winner on the PJ Tour for the previous year. So it's, uh, it's, it's really like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. You have to be chosen one, and uh, you have to play pretty good golf to get there. Well, actually, I should have said, have you ever tried out for the U.S. Open? Because that's the one where they have, I know Tony Romo is always trying out for that one. Yeah, uh, the, good thing, the good thing about Opens, they're open. So they're open to anybody, whoever wants to pay their money and take their shot at it. A few years back, I did the uh, U.S. Open uh, qualifier, the local, and I, I missed uh, going to the next stage. I lost in a playoff with one of the guys who actually played in the Masters this year, Wesley Bryant. We actually uh, wow. went to school not too far away from each other. Him, myself, and his brother uh, George, and uh, they're both one's on PJ Tour, the other one's on PJ Tour Latin America, and I'm on uh, Mina Tour right now. Now, now let me ask you a question: um, the average golfer, pro golfer, what would his uh, handicap like? What would he be? Basically, a 71, 72 uh, uh, round golfer, or is uh, it the, the, is that the wrong way to look at? He'd be a scratch golfer. Yeah, he'd be a scratch golfer. Uh, so explain to him how. The, the the handicaps work. That th- I think it'd be right. good for everybody listening. Yeah. yeah. With, well, the, the way the handicaps work, and it's kind of it's kind of a difficult, uh, I would say, diagram to get a hold of because everybody thinks, oh, he's a he's a plus two golfer or two handicap, and he goes out there and shoots a seventy seven, and that's five over par. So he's not really a two golfer, but because he shot five over. But the handicap gets it to your best ability. So take uh-huh. Tiger Woods for instance. He would be a plus four, plus five, because on an average day, when he's playing his best, he will shoot four or five under on the regular. Okay. So they're giving you what your, what your best regular score will be. So your, your touring pros will go between plus four and probably a plus two in between those ranges. Oh. Plus meaning you have to give shots back. So to whoever you're so, playing. So if you shoot 80, I shoot 78. I have to give you two. Now we're even. Ah, uh, if you're a scratch golfer, I bring that up because you know our my my trusty co-host today, Ryan, seems to think that he's a scratch golfer. So basically, in his world, I think he thinks that he could probably beat you. No, uh, I, 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 I'm I'm definitely not that delusional. But uh, <laughs> my handicap, you know, moves around from. Uh, 12 to 18, probably 10 uh, if I'm playing consistently to 18. So uh, my golf game broken down, I'm a pretty good driver. I can probably average off the tee probably about 275 to 290. Uh, Where I get in trouble is on my approach shots. I'm a decent putter, so I'm probably putting two, two and a half uh, when I get on the green. Uh, so my short game uh, this summer, last year or so, has been lacking. But I can I can bomb it, and uh, that typically gets me, you know, a stroke, um, you know, uh, over whoever I'm playing. So I'm probably, you know, good days, uh, a good season, probably ten, uh, bad season, uh, you know, eighteen on average. I can go out there and uh, and, and and do pretty decent. I'm, I'm not going to embarrass myself. Well, we'll see, okay. That's the difference between golf and all the other sports. With uh, Like with football, you can't go in the Lambeau field and throw it around with your friends. But, you know, if you, you can go to <laughs> – No, you can't. You, go to, you know, you can't. You go down to PJ or in West Palm and play where Tiger and those played a couple weeks ago and try at the same course that they played and measure yourself up with the pros. 
So that's the thing about golf. There's no defense. You're playing the course itself, and it's just all about you and, and your skill level. So anybody can get beat any, any, any given day. Well, let's, let's segue into what happened this weekend. Now, Patrick Reed held off uh, Ricky Fowler, Roy McElroy. Uh, Look, he was faltering there for a minute, and he he gathered himself and brought the championship home. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on his performance this weekend? Uh, well, I'll start first uh, and, and and let uh, um, him finish up. So, first of all, you, you got to know uh, Patrick's mindset, right? They call him Captain America because he's performed well in the team golf settings, right? President's Cup, Ryder Cup, and, and, and he's that energy guy. Kevin, you know, playing at Miami, we always had an energy guy. Derek would be the pregame guy. You know, we'll do our line, and then he'll give us the inspirational uh, a pep talk. You had Tiger. Uh, you had, you know, different guys, you know, over the years that was our energy guy. We, 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 we derived energy from them. To me, he's that guy. And, you know, even though he won – the uh, uh, the okay. tournament, I think, you know, his winnings in the sense of his stature in the game now where it is now is going to be uh, elevated because, you know, it was he and Roy, man on man, for eight and holes, and, uh, and, and he beat him. He beat him handily. Now, obviously, he had to, like you say, he had to hold off uh, Jordan Spieth and, uh, and Ricky, but, you know, he steadied himself. He did what he needed to do in order to win, and, uh, and it was a long time coming because everybody knows he has a good game. His game is, is good enough to win, and, uh, and, and he finally did it in a setting where, you know, there was a lot of expectations and pressure, and so I applaud him. I love him. Now, if he was a football player, I think he'll be a linebacker and, and, uh, because he has that type of mentality. Yeah. Uh, Galen, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, for anybody to win a major in golf, it's a uh, – it's a wonderful feat. You know, it's a dream come true, something that you always want to do. And, I mean, he did it in his – where he finished school at, so it was like a home game for him. But I know there's a lot of stories out there about him, and I know how you said if he played for you guys, he'd be an energy guy. And I think he kind of reminds me of a lot of guys from back home in Miami who we, we carry a chip on our shoulder for certain things that we did in the past and, you know, try to move past those things and try to get, uh, you know, to better ourselves in life and in our craft. I think, you know, the, the Masters, I think, pushed them forward, but also I think it opened up opened up some uh, questions for him and, that need to be answered. Because he's, well, I mean, he's a wonderful, he's a wonderful golfer. But I think, uh, you know, as far as, as a person-wise, I think he learned a lot from himself this week. Well, didn't he win two national titles? Was it Augusta State? Was that the school? Yeah, yeah, Augusta State yeah. won two national titles yeah. with him. Well, yeah, but the fact that he won two national championships, in my eyes, showed that he could win a big, a big tournament because he's been to the mountaintop. You know, and I know it's not like in a team sport or or it's like how you know tennis is, where you know it's just you out there. But he's felt that success, and I think that's probably what kept him. And I, I said I, I accidentally said Rory McIlroy. I meant to say Jordan Spieth. Um, who had what a nine under nine under round, which is like the best oh, yeah. round. So yeah, he, he, was he, he was getting he put on him, and he responded. Yep, yeah, and uh, 
like what other guys say, the, uh, you know, pressure is really just self-imposed. And when golf is out there, you know, you can't sit there and knock his ball away from the hole. You know, you no, can't you block can't. somebody, you can't intercept the ball. So he just had to stay inside himself and, you know, his belief system and, and focus on what he had to do and, and hit the right shots at the right time. So he, he just, did a great you know, job. He, yeah, he did it. You know, he did his thing. Listen, we're about to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to continue talking about the Masters. I want to get into you guys' thoughts on Tiger Woods. And I got a question for you, Galen. And it, it actually is about what you just said about the ball. Because, I mean, my question with you golfers is, why do you need peace and quiet? I mean, we play in raucous <laughs> atmospheres. But you guys have got to be peaceful. So we come back. We're going to talk Tiger Woods and the rest of the, the golf world. And then I'm going to ask you that crazy question. <laughs> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We're talking big game adventures this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. While most seasons are still months away, that doesn't mean we can't start preparing for our fall pursuits right now. Joining us is Jenna Waller, host of Skullbound TV, Derek Ratliff, president and founder of Horizon Firearms, plus Tom and Nick of Become One. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. is the get down with hurley brown to reach our show today call in to 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to the get down with hurley brown at gmail.com now back to the show family family we're back i'm your host kelvin harris today and with me i have a professional golfer galen aldrich um, who is playing on the Asian tour, who, by the way, is from Miami, Florida, one of the uh, very few African-American professional golfers. And I also have one of my former college teammates and a co-host of mine on the podcast that we do, Ryan McNeil. Ryan, ironically, is taking the place of Hurley today because normally Hurley, back in the day, would cover Ryan's butt when he got beat in uh, man coverage. So today, Ryan decided to uh, repay Hurley for all of the the goodwill that he showed him in college. And he is, you know, covering Hurley's back. It's a good job on your part, Ryan, man. I like to see a guy that likes to give back and, you know, um, you know, re- repay his debts. <laughs> Listen, 
Now, uh, Patrick Reed won the tournament, but let's just be honest. Everybody in America, really in the world, was more concerned about another golfer, Eldrick Tiger Woods, and what he was going to do. And to some extent, Phil Mickelson. Although, to be honest with you, I never really thought Phil was that good. I always thought he was overrated. I just thought they were trying to bring up some kind of rival for Tiger because he was running away from it, from everybody. Now, now, Galen, what are your yeah. thoughts about Tiger possibly getting back? Well, first of all, let me stop there. Not getting back to where he was because that would never happen, but getting to a point where he is maybe one of the best golfers in the world and possibly able to compete to win majors. I mean, what do you think the chances of that happening are? I think he's really close, actually, at the moment. Uh, like a lot of people that don't know the game, it's very, it's very technical, and you have to you know, be spot on, especially at the majors. I mean, he had a couple good runs a few weeks, few weeks before. I think he finished second. He had a couple top tens. Yeah. And that's great at a, at a normal uh, tour event. You know, your flaws don't, uh, don't come out as much at, at, like they do at the majors. You know, Augusta National, you miss your number by a yard, and you're you're 30 feet away from the flag. As for as far as those other events, you miss it by two, three yards, you're you're still okay. So to say he's not there, I wouldn't say that, but he just needs to sharpen it up a little bit. I think he's he he's pretty close. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? So Patrick Reed, uh, Patrick Reed uh, won the tournament, but but Tiger won the week, right? So, you know, yeah. you kind of hit the nail on the head. And uh, Galen, you know, mentioned it, that, uh, you know, in the majors, you got to be so precise. And I think, personally, Tiger tried to be too precise, right? I think he didn't let the flow of uh, the few tournaments before uh, come with him. I think, you know, he was thinking about that, uh, that sixth uh, uh, green jacket, and instead of playing within himself, because that's what he's been doing, you know, leading up to the Masters. But I think everybody can see the potential. He hit some shots that were Tiger shots. Uh, and, uh, last and, and got everybody excited. Yeah, everybody got excited. And so Sunday, you know, his goal was to, to break even, uh, to, uh, to go four under. He almost did it. He had a bogey at 18. Uh, but as Galen said, you know, you can see the rust get knocked off. Right, he didn't play golf for a couple years, and he just got back from rehab in his back, and so you know having operations, fusing his back, vertebrae, and stuff like that. He's getting used to swinging the club differently than what he did before, and so as you, it's almost like you having to block differently, me having to back pedal differently, and so something he's done for so long, uh, the same way, it's an adjustment, and so he has to make those adjustments, and so at the same time, he's keeping an eye on what's going on around him. He's keeping an eye on Rory and Jordan Spieth, Patrick Reed, uh, obviously his uh, old foe, Phil Mickelson, but he's keeping an eye on the young guys, Ricky Fowler. Uh, he didn't want them to get too far ahead, uh, but they, 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 they hear the footsteps, as Galen said. They hear the footsteps, and they know it's coming. And I think, you know, it's going to be uh, – I, th- I think he may have a chance to win a major this year, right? He's feeling healthy. He's feeling agree. good. I-, I can't remember how many, how many times – uh, how much smiling uh, Tiger did in this past week, these last few weeks, as a matter of fact. And that lets me know mentally and emotionally he's in a good place, and it shows in his game. I think uh, he's going to win a couple tournaments this year. I think he's going to have a chance to win a major 
uh, this year, and uh, definitely he'll be here in Atlanta for the FedEx Cup. And so, uh, uh, you know, I, I just think it's good for golf and it's good for him because, you know, he, he's arguably the best to ever play. And I think that, uh, you know, his story, uh, he's still got some pages left to, to, uh, to write a story. I, I, I'm going to agree with you, Ryan, on that. He may want to make this this year with a caveat. And, Galen, maybe you can um, uh, expand on what I'm about to say. The thing that I've noticed about Tiger over his career is that he was selective in the tournaments that he played. What Correct. he needs to do from my mindset right now, after watching him those, those 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 tournaments, he needs to play every week now to get that rust off. Now he said he's going to take a couple weeks off to get his body right, and I agree he's with still that. Getting back though, right? So I agree. Rehab, I agree with that. Right? But so, I think so, so, I think that so, he needs to get back into playing every week, and then once he gets into that rhythm, I think when the majors come around he won't be pressing because I agree with you, Ryan. I think he tried to hit the hero shots too much this weekend. And that got him in trouble in the middle days, you know, Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday when the pressure was off, he relaxed and he came back with what, a 68, 69? Yeah. He, he, he shot three under. Yeah. Yeah. 69. Well, if he would have played Friday and Saturday, like he played on Sunday, he would have won that tournament. But if if it was fifth, so you got to factor in the weather. You got to factor in what everybody else is doing. And and to to me, he never played every week. So you know, if you haven't played every week when you was healthy, when you was top, the number one guy, right. why are you going to try to play every week now? So he's playing more tournaments than he usually do because he's trying to get back that rhythm, that timing. And and Galen, I tell you, you know, when you it's nothing like you know feeling great for a month, and you hoping that within that month there's a major. Because you feel, you know, uh, undefeatable, indestructible. And so I think you got to find that time and that rhythm, and all golfers do. Uh, well, you know, well the reason why I say he's got to play every week is that I think – I'm not saying that it's got to continue for the whole season, but I think there needs to be a stretch where he needs to go three, four weeks in a row because, to Galen's point, I watched those early tournaments, and you could see him getting better. You could see the improvement, but – you know, he was getting, he was gaining trust in his back and in his swing. And it's like after the first tournament, he was like, oh, damn, nothing happened. And then the second tournament was like, nothing happened again. And you could see him getting more aggressive. So I figured if he can go three, four tournaments in a row, not have anything happen, it probably won't be the U.S. I think that the British Open is going to probably be the one I think that he'd be uh, in line to win because it's towards the end of the year and he'll be more in the rhythm. I mean, I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know the particular lineup for course for courses they have for the majors this year, but I think Tiger, like Tiger, like Tiger said plenty of times, he has a new back now, and he doesn't know how it is. So he went out and he actually added two events that he, I think he only played the LA Open two or three times as a professional, and he's never played. Yeah, yeah, that one was a totally foreign uh, tournament yeah. to him. He'd only played he it like never, once before. Right, and he never played Valspar ever in Tampa, and uh, he yeah. finished. I think he finished second there. Him and Patrick Reed, I think, both finished second there. And so I think with the way his game was progressing and he was peaking at the right time, he felt like, well, I'm playing like the old me. Why change the formula? I never played the week before the Masters or two weeks before the Masters. So why would I change that now when I've seen I'm playing the way that I used to play and it's leading up to one of my favorite events and I'm just going to keep that that formula going because it's worked so many times. Okay. 
Yeah, I want to kind of see your point there, Galen. But here's yeah. the thing, and this this is a problem with athletes. And Ryan, you can attest to this. We we have to sometimes have somebody come and say, "Look, you ain't Ryan McNeil of four years ago. You're Ryan McNeil of four years later. So you got to make the adjustment." When Tiger was on top, he could get away with that. But you got to think about it. He hasn't played meaningful golf in so long. If he keeps playing, well, that's kind of like a catch twenty-two with him right now because. You know, everybody said, well, if he didn't push himself so hard, he wouldn't have hurt his back. If he wouldn't have went out to the U.S. Open and, you know, with his, with his leg and pushed himself even harder there, he wouldn't have lost all those years because he played with a broken leg. You know, everybody says, well, Tiger needs to rest and take more time. Well, now he's playing well. Does he rest and take more time or push it? You know, push it, pushing it got him to where he was, and he felt like he was there, and, you know, he doesn't want to go back to the past of the injury, so why push it even further? You know, so it's a it's a... It's a tough decision to make. I understand where you're coming from because, as, as we all know, the more we do something and we get in a groove and a rhythm, you want to just keep doing it. But I know well, what well, the, re- the reason why I say that is because I watched his tournament, and I'm telling you guys, it just looked like to me as he kept going each day and not feeling any pain, and he was already hitting the ball pretty well, and he was putting, he was putting good, and you could just see the confidence coming on his face. Well, like, well, see, 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 see. You equating it, Kelvin, to to physical health. To me, uh-huh. I took it. I, I I look at it a little differently. It's more uh, mental and emotional health, right? So, right. I told you all the while for the last four years the 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 soon as Tiger Woods wake up one morning and look in the mirror and realize he's Tiger Woods, his game's gonna come back, right? Because you got to get over that those mental hurdles uh, and that that mental fatigue, that emotional fatigue. Uh, to to get back to to being a top notch golfer, and that's what he's doing, and that's what he's done. Yeah. And so it's not just physical, right? It's not just physical. Because right. we see, you know, look at John Daly. You know, you know, he, 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 he's he's not a tip top shape guy. I mean, a lot of these guys aren't. A lot of younger guys are, but now for him, it's mental. He was the guy. You know, he was the ultimate closer. And so you know, when folks are are now uh, beating him. Okay. Uh, you know, he had to get over it. I was like, okay, he wasn't where he was, and now he's getting back. And that's what I—that's my point earlier. They hear his footsteps. You know, and yeah. they see add to that, uh, add him to the, coming, and they hear him coming. Add to that mental yeah. part. It's just like you guys play with people who had knee injuries. The doctor tells them, "Hey, your ACL is good to go." But until he mentally feels like his ACL is ready to make that cut, he's not going to make that cut, or as hard yeah, as he used to. Yeah, that's true because you still got to get the mental aspect of, um, of, 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 of feeling comfortable. No, I, I get where you guys are going. Listen, we're about to take a break, but I want to thank Galen for, uh, you know, coming on and giving us some real true insights from a, a real pro. Because if you had to come on, we'd have had a hack doing all the talking. And, uh, I mean, right. And that wouldn't work. Is there any way that the, that the fans out there can follow you in your career? Uh, they can follow me at uh, minatour.com or uh, through a foundation for life, Inc., which is based right, in Miami, Florida. Give those one more uh, time. Forlifeinc.org. It's a nonprofit organization that helps kids in the inner city through the game of golf, and they post a lot of my, uh, my results because I'm a product of them and an ambassador for that organization. And I just want oh, to thank okay. you. Yeah. Well, listen, I just want to thank I'm, you and uh, the radio station for having me on, and uh, appreciate the opportunity. 
no problem. I'm going to be following your career because all of us have a, a mutual friend, Kenny Brewer, who was uh, an executive at Walmart. Uh, Ryan and myself were at his, uh, his uh, charity golf tournament a couple of years ago in uh, in uh, Michigan, in Detroit. So we're definitely going to be following you and your career. And I just want to say thank you for being on and good luck this season. All right. Thank you very much. When we come back, me and Ryan are going to talk some uh, NFL football, college football. We may, I'm supposed to have a guest coming on from the South Florida Express, just won a national title in seven on seven. And if he gets on, we'll talk that too. But I want to talk about Andrew Luck and his situation because I'm starting to get a little, uh, a little curious about what's going on there because it ain't adding up. So we'll take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk some NFL and some college. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, family. Okay, we're back. It's your host today, Kelvin Harris. I'm usually the co-host, but Hurley had to take care of some Merit Island Mustang business. So he left me in charge. So I went and called out one of our old teammates, Ryan McNeil, class of 92, in the UM Hall of Sports Hall of Fame, uh, 11, 12-year pro, played with what, about five teams? Uh, technically six, but uh, I, I don't count two, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he stole a couple of Pro Bowls, so, you know, <laughs> technically we would call him an expert. Um. Before the break, I was talking about uh, Andrew Luck. Now, Ryan, I noticed he made a statement that said he had not thrown the football in 15 months. And 
the Indianapolis Colts are being very, very hush-hush on his situation. And, you know, Frank Wright took the job. And I, I got a lot of faith in Frank Wright because he's had a lot of success in his career. But if you're Frank Wright, are you a little nervous right now? Um, yeah, but so you go in a situation like that with the best-case scenario and worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario, uh, Andrew Luck get healthy over summer, and he starts throwing, um, you know, in time for uh, a little bit of training camp and for the season, right? So he's still relatively young. I mean, this will be his uh, upcoming uh, fifth season, right? Yeah. I think. So, so, so mm-hmm. he's still young, and uh, so he hadn't played technically in two years. So it's like his third season. So if his surgically repaired shoulder is fine, then you're getting a third, third-year guy uh, with the smarts of a of a ten-year vet. And so that's where the the difference comes in. At the worst-case scenario, you got to think about okay, what if he doesn't play, right? And so you got to create a scenario and a game plan for him not playing. Uh, the good thing is you got some pieces. Uh, to add around him. you got one of the best young quarterbacks in the league still. Uh, you got to put pieces around him, and you got to come up with a system, an offensive system, that complements what he can do. We all well, know well, he's probably not going to run like he ran his first two years, right? So he's going to be more traditional uh, than, uh, than, he, than, he, than he was his first few years. And so I think that – I think it's too early to, to make a big deal about it. Because if you was a doctor, uh, if you was uh, uh, advising him, don't do it until you're ready. So, and, and I think what we're gonna find out is that they went in, uh, went in again, had to do some, uh, some tightening or something like that uh, on the shoulder, and uh, yeah. and, that, and that was the reason why he didn't come back last year. You know. Well, I'll tell you something else that's disturbing. Uh, listening to the. The morning shows, uh, Golik and Wingo, Get Up, NFL, the NFL Network. Also, I was looking at NFL Live uh, early before I got on the air. And several people have said that when he does come back, he's going to have to change his throwing motion. And Jordan Rogers um, on, on Golik and Wingo this morning, who is um, Aaron Rodgers' brother and a quarterback, of, of course, you know, had similar shoulder issues, and he talked about this. He said, your body goes through muscle memory. And you, you, you know, we both can, can relate to this. When you learn the technique and you've done it thousands of times, under pressure, you go back to the technique that you've learned. So now, you know, the point that Jordan Rogers was making is that he's going to be in a pressure situation, and you're going to ask him to use a technique that he's done a hundred times hundreds of times, but his mind and his body are going to revert back to the technique that he knows from doing it hundreds of thousands of times. So my, my problem is if you got to change your throwing motion, there's some deep-sided issues there. And I looked at their roster. They have two quarterbacks other than him on the roster. One of them is Jacoby Brissett, who started last year. And ironically, the other quarterback is former UM quarterback Brad Kaya. And I was going to text Angela, Brad's mom, and say, Brad may end up actually playing some games this year. If he has a good, if he has a good training camp, 
whoever is the second string quarterback for the Colts is going to have to play. Or either they're going to sign a veteran and draft a young guy because I don't see them just going to camp with those two, three quarterbacks. So, um, I mean, uh, that's but, the thing but, but that, see, that's the the thing, thing that worries Kevin, me. You, 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 you're thinking, um, you know, so optimistically, there aren't that many veteran quarterbacks available that are good, you know, outside of Colin Kaepernick. So what and, other veterans do you and want other thing, in Ryan, your team? The, the Baltimore Ravens signed – RG3 earlier this week. No disrespect to RG3. But if you're the Baltimore Ravens and, and you sign RG3 over Colin Kaepernick, you're basically trying to lose this year. Because that makes the sense. owner came out. Listen, the owner came out and, and, and said why he wasn't he wouldn't sign uh, Colin Kaepernick. He said he did that a year ago. So to, to expect you know Ozzie Newsom to do anything different. Then you know that's unrealistic. So well, well, you know, you know, I think the, 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 I, I, I I think personally think this year Colin Kaepernick can get a shot. He, he, he's going to get a shot to be on the team, and he can you know be able to show what he can do. Uh, I think everybody's saying he's still working out. Uh, he's still you know got a strong arm and things like that. And uh, hopefully over these last uh, year or so, that the hardest thing to do in a position like that is to continue to work on your craft to block out all the noise of what's going on and get better. Unfortunately for him, just like cornerback, quarterback, you need those throws, you need that timing, you need that rhythm. And so, uh, you know, I don't know how many uh, uh, pro football caliber receivers he had to throw to, how many playbooks he had to, uh, to study and things like that, because you can't study just any old playbook. You got to go and study basic the basics, common plays that every team runs. So you know it's not like he can study the Green Bay Packers playbook or the Chicago Bears playbook. You know, yeah. Well, no, actually, Ryan, I'll tell you why plays. it didn't. It didn't make sense for them to sign RG three over uh, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Greg Knapp, who I believe is the is the quarterback coach, maybe the offensive coordinator, is um, he was the quarterback coach when Colin Kaepernick was in San Francisco, might have been the offensive coordinator as well. And basically they ran the West Coast offense. So he's taken that same offensive scheme to Baltimore. So okay, let's 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 rewind. When Ryan Tannehill got hurt in Miami, Jay Cutler was an obvious choice to me to be that quarterback. And for the layman saying who doesn't understand why is because Adam Gase was running the same offense in Miami that he ran in Chicago. So Jay Cutler can literally roll out of bed and call that offense because he has. I mean, you from the defensive but, standpoint, but, but but you mentioned a point though. If if my owner says he's not signing a guy, oh no no no, I agree, so, I agree. So 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 so, so there's no more discussion on. Right, he said he's not signing. Yeah, find the next guy, and, and so I guess they figured that RG three it wasn't gonna cost him a whole lot. He, did you see the, the the contract he signed? It's not costing him a lot. And, yeah, uh, what and, I understand, you know, he signed a contract where they gave him two drink tickets to the local club and uh, <laughs> like a free bus pass. So it didn't cost them nothing. But my question exactly. to you is, Ryan. Is he going to be able to actually compete seriously to be the backup quarterback? 
he doesn't have the skill set. Like, if you look at what he does and what Joe Flacco does, it's completely opposite. Well, I'll say this. Before he got hurt in, in Cleveland, he was, he, was, he was much better to me, uh, you know, uh, playing the position. Now, granted, he didn't have any blocking around him. He didn't have a, a lot of top skill guys around him, so it's hard to evaluate. And so for Baltimore – they saw enough in him to say, hey, if, we ha- if he has some solid blocking, has some skill guys, have a running game, he can be uh, a pretty decent quarterback if Flacco goes down. I think that's a fair assumption. Again, this is another player who's young. This is only his, it will be his fifth year, right? I think. Yeah. Fifth or sixth year. Fifth year, yeah. yeah so so he, he's still young. And so the, the value of having young guys in those positions is it, tremendous because, you know, if, if everybody – wants to be uh, uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady play close to t- two decades, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. these guys can do that, even with injuries early on in their career. I think uh, Andrew Luck's going to be fine. I think uh, Robert Griffin's going to be an asset to the team. He may not have to play, you know, three, four, five uh, games in a row. His job is, if Brecker gets hurt, to go in, keep the game close, mm-hmm. let the defense win. Right? Don't cost us the game. His game, his his job is to go in and start one or two games during the season. Right? They're not expecting that much of him. Again, like we talked about Tiger, he has to get his confidence back. Right? He had to get his swag back. RG three arguably had the most swag of any rookie quarterback coming to the league in the last twenty years. Everybody was talking about him because he brought so much, you know, such a dynamic game. He can't play that same game. To your point, he got to be more traditional. And so he got to be able to accept that and do things. Uh, he got to learn his body all over again, I think, because uh, uh, Cleveland was, was, was a great area. I think there was a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. Uh, he got in the habit of, of, you know, tucking running too early because the line was terrible. And I think that he'll get some good quality coaching. They're probably going to start from scratch, you know, uh, wipe all that, all those other uh, layers of paint away and get down to the, 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 the base, the base of who he is and start all over to build him back up. I think they got to do the same thing with Andrew Luck. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up with RG3. And I want to talk about Odell Beckham coming to uh, off-season workout. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, family, we're back. Now, I said we were going to talk about Odell Beckham Jr., but we got a special guest on the line, so we're going to make a quick segue I got my man Ricky Williams, who is a coach of the South Florida Express. They they just won the Adidas National Championship 707 tournament out in Los Angeles. So I wanted to bring Ricky on and talk about the tournament, the team, the kids, because this team has all of the top defensive backs from South Florida on it. And ironically, his son plays at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, he's going to be, what, a redshirt junior? No, a redshirt sophomore. Redshirt sophomore. Dante Carrier-Williams, uh, number 29. He was holding the entire game against Miami in the Orange Bowl, but we're going to let that go. We're going to let you make it on that. So, now you guys went out to California, and this was supposed to be all of the top teams in the country, right? Yes, all of the top Adidas teams, mostly. Okay. And... You guys went undefeated? Yes, sir. Now I don't know the whole weekend. So, did anybody give you a good game? Uh, it was one, uh, we was down, uh, the fast Houston, I'm not fast Houston, but, uh, um, ground zero. We was out 18 to nothing. We came out kind of slow. And, uh, we came back to winning, um, 24 to 18. Other, other than that, no, nobody was even close to us. Where was Ground Zero from? Uh, they were from Cali. Cali? Uh, were there yeah. any Georgia teams there? Because Ryan lives in Atlanta. And, you know, okay. he from time to time would talk about certain prospects out of Atlanta. But I noticed mm-hmm. they got a pretty decent 707 uh, system in Georgia. Yeah. Um, most of the top guys, they'll play for uh, the Cam Newton team. Oh. Yeah, most of the top guys play for Cam Newton team in Georgia. So they play basically on the Nike circuit. No, the Under Armour circuit. Well, oh, basically, Under I mean, Armour. like they don't really have a, a circuit like that besides the Beatles, but like they play like in, the, in like the pylon tournaments mostly. Like pylon, like they bring anybody like Adidas, Under Armour, Battle, like like Adidas. They pretty much have like Adidas teams. Pylon, they don't care. Like Adidas, Under Armour, Nike, whatever. They want everybody to contend. So, I mean, like, basically, like, different circuits will probably like different things. 
So 707 has kind of become how AAU was in basketball. Bingo. Just just like AAU. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ricky's team has arguably all of the top young defensive backs in the South Florida high school area. So what we're talking about is, let's put this in perspective, South Florida is the number one hotbed for high school football in the country. And basically, Ricky is coaching all of the top DBs in the top high school area in the country. So you have a lot of talent on your team. And, you know, Mm -hmm. just off the top of your head, who stands out right now? They all stand out, all of them. (laughs) All of them. They all all get interceptions. They all going to talk trash. They compete against each other. I mean, Jordan Battle, Josh Josh Cicconetti, Jaden Davis, to Corey Couch. Um, I got an under underrated guy. Also, um, Jarvis Brownlee out of Miami, Carrot City. Man, he had a heck of a tournament this weekend, man. I mean, What's like all those guys, like they all compete. What was the kid from Carrot City's name again? Jarvis Brownlee. Okay. Now, the Anquinetti kid, I just watched him last week in the uh-huh. Geico tournament. He played for university school's basketball team. And he is a hell of an yeah. athlete. I watched his, yes. his huddle film. The one, now, the one and jump out of the gym. Yeah, yeah. He didn't really do much in the game because, you know, they got two of the best young players in the, in the country, two one and done. Now, now, the ironic thing about this is, Ricky, I have you on here. Ryan's not only one of my former teammates. We also do a podcast together, the U Podcast. Um, get on SoundCloud, iTunes. But he has an app that he has developed called, well, Camp ID and Sports ID. And, Ryan, you, you kind of can segue into this and kind of tell him how it will relate to what he's doing. And to the fans. Uh, yeah, and so, 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 so Coach, uh, so uh, as Kevin mentioned, you know, I, we, know we played at University of Miami together, and I uh, played 11 years in NFL. And so the last 10 years I've been embracing my inner geek. So I've been focusing on technology, uh, specifically mm-hmm. sports technology. And we built a platform akin to uh, uh, LinkedIn and IMDB for sports, but with data and analytics built in. So essentially, you know, uh, our goal is to qualify and quantify everybody in the sports ecosystem. Our first product we're launching is called Camp ID. So it's uh, for parents and coaches and camp directors. Uh, so as opposed to having a parent or a coach take uh, 10 months, 10 weeks, 10 days, 10 hours to look for a camp, you can find an appropriate skill camp uh, on on uh, on our app in ten minutes, and so that that's what we'll be launching in a couple of weeks, and so we'll eventually have a tournament version of that as well. But um, uh, so that's what we do. So you know, when there's time for uh, your kids to to go and find either a DB camp or a camp in the area, or Georgia, if they're traveling, you know, for the summer, uh, they uh, go spend some time with grandma and them and things like that. Uh, you can look it up on a, on the uh, on our on our app. And find the appropriate camp for them uh, by cost, by skill set, uh, by sport, things like that. So that's kind of what I've been working on, and I think that moving forward, uh, we'll tap into folks like yourself uh, to help make the app uh, to, to help make the app better. You know. Gotcha. Well, I I think the tournament one that you got going, the tournament ID, that's going to be huge. And you know, uh, family out there. His app isn't just going to be just, I told him this earlier, Not. I just personally think it's not just going to be just for coaches and, and parents. I think it also 
will be will be for the the common fan as well because in AAU basketball these kids have a big following like Vernon Carey Jr. uh U school has a big following and now they can go to this app and find out what tournaments he's going to be playing in and they can follow him so I think it's going to be a big app now to close the show I want to talk about UM because Ricky was down there last week and hey two UM guys on here, so we can't have a show without UM. Now, what were your thoughts? You went to practice. What you think? What's your thoughts, Rick? Uh, I was very impressed with B.J. Ivey. Like, he looks like he's probably going to, he's definitely going to play, but he looks like he was going to contend for a, a starting job shortly. I think, uh, I think he's going to be three and out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he put on great, great weight. I mean, and he's looking good. Um, the DJ Dallas kid. Yeah, I'm here. The DJ I'm here Dallas kid. Is outstanding also. Out, man. Hey, we got a special guest. The young Hurley Brown just showed up. <laughs> yeah, but, hey, man, hey. I tell you what, family, I miss you. I am crazy right now. Dude, I love listening to you, Kevin. You and Ryan McNeil, thank you for holding it down. Family. Oh, we got Ricky Williams on here, too, now. Ricky, wait, what? Yeah, South Florida Express. I wanted to bring him on because they won the Adidas National Championship. Man, hey, congratulations, my brother. Y'all did your thing. Thank Y'all you, went out there and represented extremely well. Proud of you, man. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I called Ryan because, like I said earlier, you had gotten Ryan's back so many times during his career that it was time for him to get your back because, you know, you probably man, saved sure him for being good. a janitor somewhere. So yeah, but, this was his way of paying you back. Oh yeah, Ryan. Hey, how my boy doing, man? Hey, Big Mac. Thanks for check for helping your boy out, man. And again, uh, you welcome, man. Anytime. Man, we down here holding things down here in Merritt Island, Florida. It is raining. It is raining cats and dogs outside. I'm scared to walk out there right about now, Ryan. I might melt because you know sugar melts in the water. <laughs> well, it's nice and 80 degrees here, so I can't complain. I was, Rick was just I saying that he was impressed with a couple of the DBs at UM. Hurley, you actually went down there, too. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up right quick because we're on a time thing. I personally think, and this is my personal feeling, if our quarterback, whoever it is, can go 60% completion rate and 3-1 to touchdown and interception rate, we're not going to lose a game because we have everything else in place. Dude, and I tell you, and it's time for us to get out of here, but I, I was extremely impressed with Miami's um, practice the other day. I'm a Jaquan Johnson fan, Sheldrick Redwine. I mean, dude, I loved watching those guys play football. And I got a chance to go back and see um, Gerald Willis. Gerald Willis is coming back. I mean, dude, you know, he had some family issues last year and had to sit out. But let me tell you something. We are on to something real special down there. Extremely yeah. special. The tempo of practice was unbelievable. But we'll talk about that next week when we get back. Hey, Ryan, last thing. We got that defensive back wide receiver golf tournament down here at the University of Miami this Saturday. Ryan, I hope you got your Tiger Woods clubs with you because we're going to need you. The wide receivers <laughs> of the University of Miami, the alumni, Dwayne Starks, Andre Brown, Dale Dawkins, Darrell Williams, Ryan McNeil, all these guys are going to be playing golf before the spring game before the spring game down at the University of Miami. And that's one thing we gotta talk about next week when we come back is the spring game. I hope you love it. Thank you for for listening and Kevin, take it on home for me, my brother. I'm signing Listen, off. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna do it just like how me and Ryan do it on the on the uh on the podcast. It's all about the union all the time. Cane's for life. Enough said. So until next week, we'll see you on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Thanks for tuning in to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.